Hi, everybody, and welcome to All This and the Oscars 2, AwardsDaily.com's infrequent podcast on the Oscar race. We're kicking off this year, finally. Um, my name is uh, Sasha Stone. I'm the founder of AwardsDaily.com, and I'm here with three of our editors, Ryan Adams, Clarence Moy, and Mark Johnson. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Hey there. So we're, we're going to talk about two movies that we think might be in the best picture race, although... Yeah. Um, and then, and then we're going to kind of move on to what we think about, um, best picture, you know, maybe the sort of our layout for this year of what we expect. And we all know that it can all be undone in the last minute by a movie like Coda. So nothing, we're not talking about winners yet. We're just talking about maybe contenders. So, but first we're going to talk about the blockbuster extravaganza Top Gun, um, how we liked the movie. We're going to talk about the movie and then we're going to talk about what we think its Oscar chances are. And then we're going to move on to everything, everywhere, all at once. How does that sound? Sounds, Sounds good. Like Great. All right. So and then we got, we got some questions too, probably maybe from Twitter, ah, right? Maybe we sure do. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So Top Gun, I thought was an interesting experience because I haven't enjoyed a movie that much in the theater in a really long time, but also I can't remember a single thing about it. <laughs> so, that says it's a, a really great experience, but it doesn't exactly stay with you, right? Um, what did you guys think? Well, I, I just saw it this afternoon, so uh, okay. hopefully it stayed with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I liked it. I, I liked it. I thought it was it was uh, it was good. Um, the end is very powerful. You know, the the, the walk, the, the journey to get to the end is a little rough. <clears throat> you know, there's but that that last thirty minutes or so is just some really spectacular filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's interesting. My son, I took him. Uh, he is seventeen. He has not seen the original. Um, and I, I told him it didn't really matter because I haven't. I mean, I've seen the original, but it's been thirty years, so I couldn't. You know, all I know is who dies. But um, he came out of it and he said, that was a really fun, old-fashioned thriller, action thriller. Yeah, baby. And I'm thinking, what do you mean by old-fashioned? He goes, it's very 80s. I'm like, yes. yeah, well, yes, it is. <laughs> I was kind of proud about that. God, what a uh-huh. smart kid. Yeah, You've got great. S- yeah. such yeah. smart children. Um, <laughs> that is so true about it. That's what it reminded me of, too, like the RoboCop days, you know, <laughs> like these great movies. I'm like telling people, you guys just don't even know what it's like to have good movies in the movie theaters, you know, like all the time. Right. Like every so often, yeah, but all the time, no, you know. And what I thought was really interesting, this is the last thing I'll say, then I'll turn it over to whoever else wants to go. One of, one of the things I thought was really, really interesting is my theater, just a couple of miles up from my house, um, the three o'clock screening was nearly full. It, in fact, it may have been full. Um, and there were old people, young people, men, women, you know, it was just a, a generous cross section mm-hmm. of film goers seeing this movie here in its fourth week. So I think that's, you know, that not is really, no, has it been four weeks already? Or I didn't think it had been that long. Maybe, maybe three, uh, but uh, yeah, it was pretty, fairly crowded, uh, my screening Three. today too. I only saw it just today too, and I went to the early first matinee because I didn't. I wanted to try to find go when there were as few uh, and the crowd was as small as possible. And I sat in the very back row. We the two of us sat in the very back row. And I will admit right away, I did not see the entire movie because I my phone was vibrating in my pocket. I had text message and I was kind of worried about what it might be. Maybe because nobody ever text messages me except yeah. well nobody. 
And so I thought it might be an emergency. And so I stepped out for a little bit, and the guy I was with followed me out. And he said, this is not very good, is it? And so I thought, oh, shit, maybe it's not. not." Because it was a little bit – I mean, I I think it was a slow going at first. But I had heard that it was going to be – that the the climax was really good. And so I thought, well, it's – and he said, let's see what else we can – and so we went into uh, Mr. Strange or Dr. Strange or Captain Strange or whatever for a little while and watched about 30 minutes of that and then came back. To, and I don't know what we missed, but it didn't feel like we missed anything because by the time we got back, the climax was it was just starting to get good. And so the last part of it, we saw, I think, the good part. So what, I hope I didn't miss anything like really. I think you just missed you know, like a lot of the stuff that they do in this movie is <clears throat> is actually I'm going to get let Mark talk. Actually, Mark, you go ahead. Well, no, Ryan, why don't you tell us what you thought about it and then Mark and oh, then I'll, oh, okay. I'll yeah, talk yeah. Well, about I thought the, I thought that the, 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 I thought there's a um, slam bang ending, really great climax, just like everybody said. I didn't really expect that the last 30 or 45 minutes would be like the only good part of it, but that's the impression that I got mm-hmm. is that the beginning of it was like, eh, okay, mm, I don't know about this, but the last part really, I mean, it ended on a really high note. And I, it, what struck me about it is, I mean, it's like you, I think you had said in, on Twitter or someplace, Sasha, that it's not realistic, and it doesn't matter because it's almost like it's like a Batman movie. Only everybody is Batman, and they've all got yeah, Batmobiles exactly. that can fly. And all the Batmobiles <laughs> can fly, and so that's fine with me. I don't mm-hmm. mind that. That's what I don't we think need, that the honestly. planes can actually do the things that they did, but that doesn't matter to me. I, the special effects, I couldn't tell where the special effects ended and the real thing began, and that's either good or bad. I don't even mm-hmm. know whether that's good or bad. But, I mean, it was seamless, and it was the, the pacing was fantastic, and you don't care. See, what I think the problem I had with the beginning is that the dialogue and the plot seemed a little bit um, clunky to me, mm. Real, not not just a little bit, but a lot. But it didn't. But that didn't matter at the end. In fact, that's what you want in the in action sequences. Is you want the dialogue to be just exactly like all that it was. And so I, I ended up enjoying it. I think we had a good time. And so I, I did very much enjoy the end of it. Hmm. So that's, well, Mark, all, that's how, what I'll say. How about you, Mark? What did you think? Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it was you know very nostalgic, like you guys said about the '80s and. Um, you know, I thought the flight sequences were amazing, and I really loved the, uh, without spoiling anything, uh, Maverick. Uh, I don't know if it is spoiling. Well, it's been out a few weeks, so I'm yeah. going to spoil. And it's minor, but Maverick has a moment with Iceman, right? Val yeah. Kilmer's mm-hmm. in, in the mm-hmm. film yeah. for a few moments, yeah. and that's a really great scene and, and moment. So yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't. You know, I don't know that I'm out of my seat for it the way a lot of critics are, but I but I had a lot of fun. I watched, you know, because because our friend Marshall had and was really telling me I should go see Top Gun. I wasn't going to go see it. I had no interest um, in actually paying to see a movie. But um, the you know, just getting to the movie theater and going by myself, like I just wasn't up up for it at all. But he convinced me to do it and. So I watched it to prepare. I watched the first Top Gun because, like, I when I was in the '80s, I was like a blue velvet girl. Like, I was not a Top Gun girl. <laughs> I was definitely mm, not. Right. Top Gun was like to me for squares. Like, it reminded me of jocks in high school. You know, like, um, mm-hmm. and I was a drama geek, so I wasn't really a jock. And and you know, we we definitely had our divisions back then. So different from today, but that's how it was back then. So I wasn't a big fan of Top Gun actually. Um, but, and so I watched it and I thought, this is a terrible, 
absolutely terrible movie. I don't think I've ever seen a movie this bad. It is just the original, awful. you mean? Yes, the, the original. original. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to see Top Gun Maverick, and I was like, at first, I was like, okay, this is not, this isn't going to be good. I'm just going to, okay, it's fine. It's by. And then at some point, I just started smiling. And enjoying this mm-hmm. film. And I was like, oh my God, I love this movie. I love these characters. I love, I, I don't want this thing to end. This is so much fun. Like this is, this is like exactly what, you know, everybody needs right now in this absolutely terrible time in our, <laughs> in our lives, like something to bring us up and, and entertain us and show us heroes. And, you know, so I was really enjoying it, especially at the end. And then I went back and watched the original Top Gun again, and I liked it a lot more because now I know what mm. the story is. You know, I know who the characters are, mm. and mm-hmm. I definitely liked it a lot more. I noticed it far beyond what I had thought it was to begin with. Now I knew the character of Maverick. And so I would really suggest that people do watch the first one because in a lot of ways this is a movie talking to it, its original. It's talking to its younger self, and it's about mm-hmm. lessons learned um, in life, you know, and, and maturity. And, um, I'll just say this and I've had a glass of wine, so people have to forgive Uh. me for just being brutally honest. Like I always am, but, um, I like a hot protagonist. (laughs) I like a hot male protagonist. Like, I mean, come on, like I wrote about this and then that's what I loved about Top Gun. It's like, I just loved it. I loved the alpha hero. You know, I loved the the guy, you know, like that was, I think something that, that we've kind of been missing lately because if people have been trying to sort of correct that formula, you know, and, and put women Mm -hmm. in or whatever, it's like, it doesn't work. (laughs) It just doesn't. Uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Now, now everyone knows why you picked the three of us to be on the podcast. I know. Isn't it terrible? I'm (laughs) such a, I'm an awful, it's right. I've been getting that for, for years on, on, uh, awards daily, formerly Oscar watch, which is that people always say you only focus on movies directed by men. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, okay, but the well, you know, movie. that was one thing when we did leave the movie, I, I, that, I, I suddenly I realized that, Oh shit. I hope we could hope we go back before they get to the new volleyball scene because that <laughs> I had not seen the original ever, but all oh. I had ever seen about from the original was the volleyball scene. And I heard there was, there was like an homage to that. And so I thought, Oh, we better get back. Cause I don't want to okay, miss that. You gotta watch the original. Timing, it, because the original is timing. like, a, is like a soft core gay porno without the sex. It, like, that's the vibe of it, the original. So much more gay this year than it was in 1986 <laughs> or 89. You think? So much more. It was absolutely campy this time. I mean, the original is almost by accident. Like, they weren't really aware necessarily what they were doing, yeah. but they were hyper aware of what they were doing this year, this in the, in the, in the sequel. And so that made it a lot more fun. Cause it just and it and it just went on, just kept going and just long enough, but not too long. I mean, just like good sex, and so it was just right, you know. No, so we made it, it back it, just in time. It did, but and the so original is good. very homoerotic. The the chemistry between Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise is oh okay. See, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah no, you got to watch it. Just promise me that you'll okay. watch it for those locker rooms. Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. See, I say I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, that that would be good. I mean, because especially the way they were back then, I wouldn't be so interested anymore. But I mean, back then, thirty years ago or whatever it was, that would be good to see. So yeah, yeah. okay, I will. They, that, they, the only thing I guess that really bothered me about this is that, and I knew going in that that'd probably be the way that it was, but uh, there didn't seem, even though it was dangerous, 
it never felt like anybody yeah. was ever really in danger. There was no, there no, were, there exactly. was not any, there was, there were no high stakes because you knew no. nobody was going to die. Nobody, not even the enemy was going to die. You did, I think they even showed one of the enemies ejecting out of his plane after it was hit. So, oh, he's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. Think, you know, it's the only person that dies. It's a war movie where nobody gets hurt. And so that's kind of nice. But, but I mean, it would have been, oh, wow, wouldn't it have been brutal like if, if, uh, if uh, Goose's son had also gotten killed this year? I mean, that, you know, it's like, it's like Tom Cruise yeah. is an African serial killer. He kills off the generation. He kills off a goose. He hates these keys. I tell you, though, <laughs> the one thing I like about that is that I'm sorry to have to say this. But you know what? Like life evolves. Time times change. You know, you, you can't make the same kinds of movies, you know, that you made ten years ago. But these like morose superhero movies that are like total downers, like the third planet of the apes or whatever, it's like, why are you putting people through that? Like why do we have to be like that's what I liked about this. It's like it wasn't gonna do that. It wasn't gonna finally it wasn't gonna be a morose, dark, you know, dystopian kind of thing, which when you're living a dystopia, you don't really need the movies to be that. I mean, so because you know, it sounds like the original was dark that way. I mean, you know, it sounds like a major character, a major lovable guy, gets has to die in the original and yeah. in, a, in a in a in a fun action movie. So it's like, wow, that's a downer. But that's that's very eighties, right? <laughs> to do downer. that just to the audience, and to do that to the movie, it's like better just brace yourself because somebody's going to end up in you know. Getting hurt. And yeah, well, in the new one, they yeah. spend a lot of time on that, on on his grief over that death. Like that, that's that's one of the main thrusts yeah. of his character is that it's you know it's making up for the past. Um, I don't know that I a hundred percent was into the Jennifer Connelly storyline. Like I liked the Kelly McGillis character better. Um, she was more interesting. Mm -hmm even though they had to have her like lounging on the couch because she was taller than Tom Cruise. <laughs> so they couldn't have them like standing next to each other. <laughs> they always had to do all these things where she's like lounging on the couch or slouched over. But, um, but in this, it's like, uh, she's fine. I mean, she's beautiful and she's interesting, but I don't know that they, they a hundred percent needed that. They, they really wanted to make sure that they carried over everything from the original that, that was, that worked. Right. And they didn't want to sacrifice mm -hmm. anything. So yeah. Have that romance going on. And also to make sure people know, look, it. he's not gay. See, he's a female. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. that <laughs> uh, did feel a little bit tacked on. And the fact that they tried to make it less tacked on and tried to make it more interwoven really was a distraction because it like was just seemed like, okay, we get it. Like, move on. Let's get back in the plane. Mm. And, but I understand what you're saying, and I'm now I'm, I am more curious now about going back to see the original. Yeah, because, uh, I would recommend watching yeah. both of them together. I think it's great to see, um, you know, just how sort of formidable of a movie star, formidable of a movie star Tom Cruise is. Like he's really right. not just held it together, but like this is, you know, I know for every actor this is their lives. You know that that, but Tom Cruise brings a dedication to it that like a lot of not a lot of other actors do and he does it really well you know like and i just so i enjoyed that part of it just watching him revive that character in such a i 
good way. Part of me doesn't really like him until I see him in a movie. If I'm in, if I'm watching him in a movie, I like him. And then after the movie's over or before the movie, I'm like, I don't really like Tom Cruise. But then in the, in the midst of it, I do like him because he, he just charms you. He, he, you can't help but be charmed. Yeah. But overall, I mean, the, the idea of Tom Cruise, I'm not really wild about. But in, a, <laughs> in, a, in, the, in the context of a movie, I do like him. Um, <clears throat> what do we think about its Oscar chances, anyone? I mean, what do we think about that? Like, that, that's sort of like one of these things where we know it isn't going to happen, right? Like, forget it. Yeah. Uh, like, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have it in my predicted 10, my early predicted 10 or anything. It's, I could see if, if Oscar was really looking to make some kind of change to become more populist, I could see something like that. It, ma- it makes a lot of money. Uh, Tom Cruise is a big star. I, I don't know. I don't, right now, I, I don't have the balls to put it in, but. I would say it's something to keep uh, on the memory banks. I have two thoughts about... Go ahead, Clarence. You go first. You, I was just going to say, it's like the Spider-Man. You have to imagine how many people in the Academy are going to put this as their number one favorite film of 2022. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, right. All those, all those that grew up in the 80s. A lot, yeah, that's right. going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot, a lot of, of that. Did. Sure. You yeah. know, that, that even more so than a, much more... Um, an impact, more of an impact, and more of a factor than than it would be would have been for Spider Man. I have two thoughts about yeah. it. I'll try to make it brief. First thought is that um, I'll have to wait and see at the end of the year what other ten or twelve movies there are because if 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 it if there's one or two movies that get dropped get left off instead of and top if Top Gun gets nominated and a couple of my other favorite movies don't, then I'm going to be mad. Because I'm going to be mad at, at Top Gun then, because I would have, I would, I'm going to feel like that there are more artistic or more cinematic or more prestigious movies that should have been nominated instead. But that may change by the end of the year. It could just be the kind of year where, fine, whatever, you know, if it comes in at number ten, that's great. I'll, I mean, I'll be fine either way. But I will be a little bit peeved if it if it edges out another movie that I think is more deserving. That's the first thing. Second thing is. I'm not so sure about the whole idea of a of a popular movie um, being being nominated just for the purpose of trying to make the Oscars more populous. For this reason, it's not going to win. It's not if it gets nominated for best picture, right. that's fine. But it's not going to win best picture. It's not going to win best actor or best director. So what you're going to have is a bunch of Top Gun fans, possibly lured into watching the Oscars so they can watch their movie lose. Again and again and again, all night long. <laughs> Everything it's nominated for, it's going to lose, and so that's not going to be a, a way to win over new Oscar fans. Is to is to trick somebody into watching the Oscars, and then just all they get to hear is just their movie get named on stage, and then it doesn't it goes home empty-handed. Well, I don't it could it could win. It could definitely win something. It can win building the audience for the Oscars. It can win sound that's, though. That, it can win sound. It could. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. But here's yeah. the thing. This is this is why too. the only case that I can and make. Song. And song, song could it could win song. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's yeah. the here's the reason to, to consider it, and and it's not to save the Oscars. Forget the Oscars, like it's it's done. Mm-hmm. Like stick a fork in it. It the Oscars mm-hmm. are going to be what they're going to be now for the rest of their lives, which isn't you know, it, it's it's about what it's about. Like they're not going to be able to draw in new generation mm-hmm. forget it like the generation that they're going to be able to draw in are, are going to be you know young generation z who are into cinema and stuff like that art house cinema streaming and that's mm-hmm. going to be a faction and that that's good that's what they have but they're never going to be what they were so i don't think it's to save the oscars necessarily 
I think the best case you can make for it is the case you could have made for Spider-Man, which is that um, there is a reason to award and um, consider a film that has <laughs> managed to revive movie going and mm. reminds us that movies still matter and that audiences will still go see them and that this is a way that we are unified as a country. And I think mm -hmm. that the Oscars, they aren't this, but they should be this, which are more of a, um, a, a, a time capsule of, of a moment in our history. Whereas if they put Top Gun in there, if they'd put Spider-Man in there, they would be historical. But as it is, right. if you look back, you're only going to see these like niche things that were hothouse flowers grown and delivered to them as custom meals for them. But you're not going to see a mm -hmm. time capsule. I'm not going to tell you anything about the time. In which, if you go through all of Oscar history, whether it's Best Years of Our Lives or Casablanca or even Gone with the Wind, like these movies tell you about history. They tell you about our place in history. And if they continue to be insulated from that, then the Oscars legacy isn't really going to be as important as it could be if they were more respondent to culture, to actual American culture that's happening around them. That's all. My only point about that. Okay. It's a good enough movie. I, I, They'll I never was, I was bracing. I didn't know what you were going to say, but I, I kind of love that. I kind of love what you just said. I love, because I have always thought when I, when I first fell in love with caring about the Oscars, when I was a kid, when I was 12 or 13 years old, that's what I liked about looking at Oscar history because it was a snapshot yeah, of the year absolutely. in history. And it was movies that I had never heard of. And a lot of them I thought, well, I never, ever even get an ever chance to see these movies because they're not even going to be on TV. And there, this was before blockbuster video or anything back then, you know? And so I thought, but it was, it was interesting just to read about them. And when you look back at movie at years like I don't can't remember was it 1970 or 71 when Love Story and Airport yeah. were two of the best picture nominees and I mean nobody would ever have thought that those were the finest um, examples of cinema of those years but they were um, cultural uh, milestones absolutely and and The Godfather yeah. like and, when you think of The Godfather yeah, you think yeah. of the 70s. Huh? You know, you think of that moment in history, it takes you right back to that. Rocky too. And, you know, people say it wasn't the greatest. Song. But after Weinstein got involved with the Oscars, where he started to micromanage them, um, that's when you started to see, like, these hearkening back to the old days movies that they would pick. You know, like, it, and it stopped. It, it diverged from that. I don't know that mm -hmm. they can ever get back to that. I would love, I think that, well, I think, I think last year, for instance, there are a couple of movies. I think The West Side Story is one of them. Um, right. that, you know, that do remind you of culture. So I'm not saying it's totally absent the Oscars now, but I am saying that including it would be something that people go like the towering inferno or whatever. They go back and they go, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, remember, right. I remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah right. That. I mean, exactly. Can you, I mean, it's, it seems in a way it's absurd that towering inferno was the best picture nominee, <laughs> but in another way, that's a fun movie to watch. It's a fun mm -hmm. movie to just, if it's on TV, you're going to watch part of it or more even be sit down and watch the whole thing because yeah. it, it's just, it reminds you of another time. And, it's, and it, even if it doesn't remind you of a time that you knew, it shows you the time that was that other people were uh, lived through. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of neat. And especially with 10 nominees. Right. With five, I would be less inclined to think that that was a, a great idea but with 10 there ought to be room for one or two movies Absolutely. that are just like um 
a snapshot of the of the of the of the culture of the cinema culture, American of oh, Hollywood. Day. And, and the, I heard that somebody bring this up to me the other day, which he, he said, "I know you're not going to like this because you don't like the idea of committees." But what if they had like the BAFTA has, but to broaden the taste a little bit on some of these categories, like to you know, because the Academy's never going to pick Top Gun for Best Picture. But it should be considered for best picture, in my opinion. If you're predicting mm-hmm. them, you're not going to predict it because you know they're never going to pick that as their number one movie. But That's why the Producers Guild is really sometimes more interesting than the Oscar nominees because the producers do that. They Producers do kind of look at more than just... They, because they, I think, because I think they do take box office into account. Because that's what the producers do. They, they produce a billion dollars. They produce a billion yeah. dollars out of no, out of out of thin air. And when you do that, that's going to get the producers' attention. And so they do once in a while nominate those blockbuster movies. And even the uh, American Film Institute, um, they don't say these are the ten best movies of the year. They just say. The, the 10 movies of the year. That's what they call their list, the 10 movies of the year. Yeah. And so I think in a way, the, the AFI can be more representative sometimes than the Oscar nominees. They throw in wild cards that you would not necessarily expect. And to they make it might into the pick Oscar. Top Gun. Like they might yeah, pick that they as really their, one well of their could. 10. Yeah, exactly. I didn't mean to, I interrupted you in the middle of your thought. No, no, that's so okay. I, I was just going to go to um, take that and say uh, that. Given that we we're not sure that this is going to be a number one, what other movies like let's 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 use that as a way to to segue into the movies that are coming. I wrote just wrote a piece about this and like I, I singled out four movies that are my on my number one, which would be I don't know if David Fincher's movies coming out this year or not, but um, The Killer obviously would be one, and Damien Chazelle's Babylon, Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. And then I had mm-hmm. one more on there. Oh, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. So those are, those would be the ones that I would single out as my top choices. What about you guys? Uh, Clarence, how about you? Clarence, take it away, yeah, I, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> those are all definitely in my top um, four. And I do think there's going to be a lot of people who will put something like Everything Everywhere all at once. Oh, we at, didn't do uh, that. Sorry, we, I forgot that. I was having a – you're right. We should talk about that movie too. Okay. No, I mean it's it's been a, a huge success for A24. There's a lot of people that are very, very passionate about it. And in a preferential ballot, passion is what you look for um, to get – nominated right um you know being number one being high up on that ballot um but so i do think that probably does have some runway to get nominated for sure um i'm very interested in david o russell's new film i think it's called canterbury glass i i don't know if they've changed the title or, or not but yeah it's they went back to untitled that, that was a working title at one point though okay okay um I don't know about Noah Baumbach's White Noise because I think that title is just too on the nose for a Noah Baumbach film. <laughs> um, and actually, not to interrupt you, but it's—I it, guess it's now titled Amsterdam. Uh, oh, hmm. David, or, which one? Russell's? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Oh. No worries. Um, you know, this is, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Cameron's Avatar 2, whether or not people, I mean, you know, it's obviously going to make money because it's coming out at the right time of year, but is the Academy going to embrace it the way that they did the first one? Mm. That'll be a huge mm. question. Uh, yeah, I kind of think not about that, but but I could be wrong. I think could, not about that, too. never know with Cameron, yeah. Um, 
everything everywhere all at once has going for it too that uh making a bundle of money on a relatively small budget absolutely yeah yeah um that's uh you know that's the kind of the american graffiti formula yeah. for and that's going to get another producer's guild for sure yeah, oh, no. yeah and, for sure. and i'll that, just yeah, i'll that, just and say that's the reason that, yeah yeah i'll say this about that movie oh. it's it is a, one of those movies that brings people out to the theater my daughter and her generation like they're all excited about it and want to go see it so that is definitely a new generation kind of thing to bring people into the movies so it does have his absolutely has his, his historical significance um i tried watching it three times and i could not finish it and so I think if the Academy members have it at home, they're going to have the same problem as me. But if they're trapped in a movie theater, there's a pretty good trapped. chance that, they, <laughs> that they'll Strap, finish. Strap down, strapped to their <laughs> seats in a movie theater. <laughs> I, I have a feeling it, it won't do as well as people think because of that. Because it's, Ryan, the way you described it to me when you first described it to me, that was, that, I thought, that, I will, Okay, yeah, well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that was accurate. Uh-huh. Your your description of it was accurate yeah, to me. Well, that was yeah, I've seen it. I saw it twice. The first time I, I, when I told you about it, I had gone with a friend, and I could tell he was not into it from the very beginning. He was just absolutely not. And it was a date kind of movie, and so I thought, okay, well, I'm mad because this movie is ruining my date, and so I can't <laughs> even I can't even focus on the screen because he, this guy's shifting in his seat, and I can see he he wants wants to go see anything else. He wants to, wants to walk out. But I wanted to stick with it because I was kind of like curious about it, but I was distracted the whole time during the first time that I saw it. And so I, I got to give it another chance on my own. And the second time I liked it a lot more. I think one reason is because I finally, I, when the first time I thought, well, this is going to fall apart at any minute. It's like watching, it's, I thought of it as like watching one of those juggling acts on stage where they're mm-hmm. juggling razor blades and a bowling ball and a chainsaw and a cat and everything is in the air and you think well they're, they're gonna this is gonna end a disaster it's gonna fall apart he can't keep this up the movie can't it was just so frenetic i thought that you know somebody's gonna get their arm cut off with the chainsaw or something but it it that's what sold me on it is that they sustained it and maintained it and it nailed it at the end for me that, and that's why sasha you should maybe yeah. give it the chance mm-hmm. is that it all comes together and that would really impress me that the second time that i watched it that they had such a frenetic hectic and you know i have had a i've had a headache like since april and this is not a movie to watch to alleviate a headache it's 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 the kind of movie that is on it's 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 um, it's kind of stressful in a way it's just um like it really is everything everywhere way too much for me the first time but but this, if you i gave it another chance and i liked it a lot more and so i'm going to watch it a third time and maybe oh. maybe the third time of the charm <laughs> i've tried it i've <laughs> tried it and i and the whole time i was watching it i was thinking god I, I love this and then it's like oh god i can't stand this another minute i love this like i love her <laughs> She's great. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. Michelle Yeoh is incredible, and um, and the guy who plays her husband is also really good. Those those two characters I really like, and I like obviously the mother daughter thing. Um, so I will try to give it another shot when I can maybe like do some yoga beforehand and <laughs> try to like relax <laughs> I, a little. Yeah, and I do really think that you can. It, you, you're right. You absolutely you can't not you can't let yourself be distracted because you. Everything really is there for a reason. All the pieces are there for a reason. And if you get distracted and you leave the room or you, you know, whatever reason, you look at your phone, you're going to, it's going to get away from you. 
That's the way I felt. I just kept thinking it was like a hybrid, a hybrid video game, and I think that's why probably a lot of young people really like it and respond to it. And that's great. I'm all for like you know inventive um, Mm -hmm. cinema that's changing with the times, and and they do seem to be sort of reinventing cinema in a way with this movie. So I'm not saying it's a bad movie in any way, shape, or form. I am just saying that my own sensibilities at the moment made it difficult for me to stay with it. But um, by the same token, about as far as, as reinventing cinema, I do think this is a kind of movie that's like, um, what's the term? Sweet, gen- sweet, generous. It's the kind of one of a kind. It's, it's like a one-off kind of movie. Nothing like it we've ever seen it before. And I can't imagine anybody would ever attempt to do anything like this again either. It's not going to be like this is going to be a new trend, that there's going to be a bunch of movies like this. It's in a way sort of like... Um, Shape of Water. We didn't. We didn't. The next year, we didn't see a lot of uh, rom coms with sea creatures. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't happen. Right. It didn't become. It didn't become a Thank thing you. where where everybody's like, "Oh, that was such a success. Let's do more of those." I think this is going to be like a one-off thing. I don't think that it can be replicated, possibly even by the same writers and directors. I don't think they would want to even try to replicate it. So, but that's okay. That that is. I, but those kinds of movies, I just don't think, or the kind that ordinarily win Oscars, it could be nominated, but, and maybe I'm, I'm hearing people say that screenplay maybe sort of to give them a, an award, like would as, you know, not as a token, but well, I mean, I think you know, she's getting in, in for in best record, actress for sure. I think, I think Michelle Yeoh is in for best actress. She might even win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, I, think she, I think actress has, it's a good shot. I think screenplay editing, um, I had, a, I put it number 11 on my initial predictions in May and, because I just I, I don't know how I want to wait and see how, what people like think of it and how it reacts. I know the critics have been huge on it. I loved it. Um, I I remember you know the first like two thirds of the movie just sitting there going, what are they what are they trying to do here? And Ryan kind of nailed it on the head. You know, it just comes together at the end and and it's all pulled together so well that you know by the end of it I'm sitting there going, oh my god, I loved this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I could see it getting a lot of number one votes. Uh, you know, it's, oh, it's for a type sure. movie. Yeah. It's a type of movie people, you know, people that love it are going to love it. Those you know? new voters, especially, are going to be into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think um, it's, I think it's very possible that it gets in. And again, I, I'm keeping it number eleven just to yeah. have it right there. I would never say yet. it's a bad movie in a million years because yeah. I understand that it's not a bad movie. It's very good, very expertly done. It's just you know. When you're watching it at home, I think it's different from when you're watching it. I don't know if you saw it at home, Mark, or, or in a screening. Um, but you know, it's That's like theater, yeah. if you have the option of turning it off, <laughs> like there's a pretty good chance you might uh, turn it off and maybe watch a Lifetime movie. Not that that's what I did. I'm just saying <laughs> that's maybe. Well, you know, you know I. There's nothing wrong with getting, you know watching a movie in in three doses or or watching you know yeah I mean, that's, exactly I've said, right. I've, I've said many times before it took me three nights to get through the King's Speech <laughs> I didn't watch the King's Speech all the way through I could not watch that thing in one sitting oh god I had to like okay I got I got to quit yeah. and I'll come back tomorrow same with but, Drive um, My Car like that took me a really long time <laughs> to finish I kept coming back and, to it. <laughs> 
And as much as the audience, I think an audience kind of knows what they're going to get when they buy a ticket to this movie. But I think a lot of people maybe not don't know. They've heard about it and they've heard that it's a sensation that everybody's talking about it. Because both times that I saw it were in a theater and there were walkouts. There were they were older oh, people dear. that walked out, which is also significant because there's a lot of old people in the academy. So it's like you say, Sasha. So I'm saying, it yeah. may not. It may just not connect with some of the older voters. It's they're, definitely they're, not going to. I can just see it on some like uh, uh, brutally honest Oscar <laughs> Oscar ballot <laughs> talking about it. Um, all right, so let's move on for um, best. Picture. Well, you mentioned a few of them. I have uh, the Fablemans, um, Killers of the Flower Moon. So the Fablemans is the Spielberg one. Killers of the Flower Moon is Scorsese. Those two seem. Like, how do you pick against those right now? Mm-hmm. Um, Got to go with our boy Damien Chazelle. So Babylon is in the third spot. Um, I guess Amsterdam, as it's now called, the David O. Russell film. Um, and then those are the four that I feel, you know, they seem the best on paper. And then you mm-hmm. have She Said, which I think, you know, with especially in light of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial that – Maybe something that gets a boost. That's the uh, the story of the launch of the Me Too movement. I think it's about Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then I the rest of my ten is White Noise from Netflix, uh, Empire of Light, which played at Cannes, I believe, uh, from Searchlight, Women Talking, which is I believe Sarah Polly's. Yep, new mm-hmm. I think that so. one yeah. looks kind of good. Uh, Poor Things, which is. Uh, I can never say his name. He's Greek. I should be able to say it. Yorgos Lanthimos. Mm-hmm. Say it? Close. He did I mean, the favorite. I mean, yeah. 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 Close enough. And then Bones and All uh, wraps it up. I think that's the Luca Guadagino movie. <laughs> I can't say his name either. <laughs> that's okay. Listen, I'm American. You know who you're talking about. You do better than I do. I, I just massacre uh, names all yeah. the time. Those are my sound, that sounds good to me. I don't, you know, I'm just going to say, yeah, that sounds good to me because I don't have, I'm not at the point, I'm never at the point in May or June where I'm even thinking about putting together a, a top 10 list yet because I'm usually I'm still kind of mad. Oh, I'm yeah. still from March. I'm still mad from March. <laughs> right. So I, I don't even. Before going into mine, but, you know, this, at this far out, really, when I'm putting my initial list together, you know, and it's almost mostly just for fun. Um, but I'm looking at primarily who's the director Same. and what studio, you know, what, who, what studio has it, what are the stars, right? If it's a huge cast, that's, you know, it's hard not to pick that one. When you think about a movie like Don't Look Up that got in this year, uh, plot summary, that's why I like something like that, the Me Too movie, um, and I just forgot the name of it, She Said, uh, something like that I could see being like, you know, timely mm-hmm. and then just, you know, gut, gut analysis or, or timeliness of it, yeah. So I see put, Sasha on your list. You had Napoleon and Ridley Scott, and wouldn't I mean? You, and you said you're not sure if it'll be ready, but wouldn't it be great if it was? I mean, that'd be amazing because I'm sure that'll be like something just like jaw dropping. Yeah. I think that one. There's a few that have that are going to move to next year, and I think okay. that's one of them. All right. I think we read Maestro is next year. That's the oh, Bradley no. Cooper one. Oh, is it? Is it? I didn't know that. Okay. Well, well. initially it, it was. It may. I don't know if he's going to get it done in time. Um, Oppenheimer, which is the Christopher Christopher Nolan's next film. That, mm. Yeah, that I'm excited Nolan about that. Um, I'm, I'm just in line at the theater. 
And then the other one that moved to next year is Emancipation, Antoine Fuqua's film that yeah. stars Will Smith, which... Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, good, to put, good to give some yeah. distance for that. Give, some, give us a break from him for a while. Yeah. Well, the Till is coming out, which is the story of Emmett Till. That's going to be a really up, um, uplifting oh, yeah, movie. Right. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> right. such a sad story. Um, but that, I'm, I'm looking at the... We have to get Clarence in here because I feel like we're just dominating this conversation. And Clarence, yeah, we're not. We're, we're talking nonstop and just like so fast. Clarence, what do you think about? We're like Amber Heard, and he's like Johnny Depp. <laughs> 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 okay, I guess um, so. <laughs> you have to follow the trial uh, to get that joke. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'm more with Ryan. I, I don't necessarily make lists this time of the year. Um, it's just too too early because um, I always end up following something that's even that's not even going to come out this year, like uh, Maestro. Right. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it's hard. The, uh, so, um, but you know, I I don't know. It's just it until we start to see things. Until you know, it, right now I'm looking at um, how does Elvis play into all of this? Hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, does, you know, obviously Baz Luhrmann didn't get nominated for best director for Moulin Rouge, but Moulin Rouge was nominated and it looks like it has a lead performance that could, um, get nominated and it could, there could be a narrative there to, to have it nominated for best picture as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reviews are weird, um, but most Baz Luhrmann reviews are weird. So I don't know what to think of it. Um, I'm excited to see it though. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it could be a situation. I mean, the reviews for Bohemian Rhapsody were not exactly, you know, raves either. Yeah, but exactly. look what happened there. Fair enough. Um, I'm yeah, looking well, at- apples and oranges on that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Ooh. sure. I mean, but I, as you say, it's hard to. We haven't even seen trailers. We uh, or you know a lot of the some and very few of the movies this year even are based on on uh, pre-existing mat- source material. There's the adaptations. Although I keep wishing that Babylon had was based on a book so I could read it because it just sounds like so much right up my alley, right? I mean, just like that when, one sounds it, really. I'm so looking forward to that. I I have yeah. to admit, just to live up to my, I'm a like 1950s sexist misogynist male, dressed up as a woman. <laughs> Reputation. I'm not really looking forward to she said. I have to admit, <laughs> I just I don't want to go down that road. I'm just so done. Like I don't want to see. This. So I don't know that that. Yeah. I'm looking at this IMDb list um, right now for predictions. I don't know who wrote it, but they have Babylon at number one. They have she said at number two. Don't worry, darling. Yeah. At number three, Nope by Jordan Peele, which I do think is going to have a really good shot. Oh yeah, right. Just because of who he is. Um, and then Red, Red, White, and Water, which I have no idea. That's, that's Jennifer Lawrence, isn't that's that? That's Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. Uh-huh. Amsterdam, hmm, and then Killers of the Flower Moon, way down at number seven. <laughs> um, and then Luca Guadagnino's movie, White Noise, and then The Fablemans. And then it just kind of comes down to different movies. And you know it's going to be one of these movies that wins, like some totally obscure movie that nobody's talking about. But mm-hmm. next, next Goal Wins is finally going to... Finally going to show up Taika Waititi's movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at these Bardo, which is a Netflix film. You know Netflix is going to push really hard, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, and so you can always count on them. Um, Apple TV is going to be pushing hard, too. So it's going to be probably Battle of the Streamers again. 
You can always tell when it's a young person writing an Oscar list because they have turning red on their best picture <laughs> predictions and nominations. And that's never. What is good. that? Turning what? red, the Pixar movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. It, right. I forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm not going to leave you hanging out by your, on the, on the, on the, on the, in the wind by yourself saying that you're not exactly thrilled about looking forward to, she said, I feel the same way. I, 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 I just don't know. I hope I you know I always hope that all movies are great. I don't I want it to be great. If it is great, I will I will I will like I like watching great movies, but I can't see how this can be. I mean, I just, I just, <laughs> sorry. I mean, and I almost kind of almost feel the same way and people are going to be mad maybe, but I don't care cuz people are mad at me all the time oh, anyway. Right. Um about women talking, I kind of feel the same way. It's like, like that seems like really uh, Played out. I'm sorry. Is yeah, that rude yeah. to say? But it does. I, it feels I, I, played I out. understand it. Is that that's in the zeitgeist this year with the with the abortion ruling and everything, and it's just so v- deeply important. Not that these movies have anything to do with abortion, but they do have to do with women's rights. And I'm all for that. I mean, I love that. But but anyway, I just didn't want you to. No, thank you. I appreciate that. I know I'm I'm just such a grouch these days, but I just sort of feel like, you know, ripping the band-aid off again. It's like, oh, can we just get <laughs> But I mean, I'm sure it'll be interesting. I, all I care about with that movie is that they tell the truth, and I don't think they're going to. I think it's going to be very one-sided. And and then and what I mean by that is um, I, we all lived through the Weinstein era. We know who Harvey Weinstein was. We know what he did. We know what his presence in the Oscar race. We know how important it was, how influential he was, and how all the people who worked for him were influential. We also know that that there were women who understood that if they got involved with him, it would be a career boost for them. So mm-hmm. if they don't portray that part of it, then I think it'll be dishonest. If they only show him as a monstrous rapist... He never would have been as successful and powerful if that's all he was. Like, he was all these other things, too. And so they have to include that if they're going to be truthful storytellers. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be curious to see how they they balance that. Because the heartbreaking thing about someone like him isn't that he is an obvious monster. It's that he isn't an obvious monster, right? He's not. He's a guy that you trust. He's a guy that you think is um, very influential and smart. I mean, he wrote me a really nice letter one time. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I understood what that's like just to, to sort of bask in that power and, and praise and intelligence. Like he, he brought forward a lot of really great movies. Um, so it's not just a one sided way to tell this story. And I'll be very disappointed if that's what it is. If it isn't that I'll be impressed. So let's move on okay. to what's our next okay, topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's get to the Twitter stuff. If we okay, is there anything yeah. else that anybody wanted to get to? Other than uh, that, um, I did Not just really. want to say that I think that Oscar season is really going to get started in September. You know, when when um, our, our, at the beginning of September, at the end of August, when we have Telluride, and oh. um, and so right now we're just all sort of spitballing, like nothing is set. We don't know how this is going to go. It's completely wide open at this point, and it really doesn't start until Venice and Telluride. Like can kind of happen, but it doesn't really make much of a difference in terms of Oscars. So we really do have to sort of put it all on ice until then. But we did want to just do this podcast so that we could just check in with everybody and talk to you guys and, you know, have them hear our voices and stuff like that. So that's why we're doing it. Not because we think that we know what's going to be nominated for best picture. Right. 
It's a good reason. Uh, right. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I drifted off a minute, but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Concur. I'll just say, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because you're, yeah. So the first... I'm look, I'm looking into questions. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was just going to bring up the first one. So it looks like Raul Gama uh, asked us, aside from international feature, do you see any of the other or any of the Cannes films pulling in any other category? There are a couple. I, I'll take I'll take this if nobody else wants Go it. Ahead. But I'll, there are a couple that I, I had on my radar for um, Oscar um, that came to Cannes, including um, – the one I mentioned, damn it. Let me bring up my page. Um, Empire of Light. That's the Idris Elba. And I think it's, um, what's her name? Tilda Swinton mm. film. Mm-hmm. Um, Armageddon Time. I, I haven't heard. I haven't been paying attention well enough to Ken, I guess. Um, but Armageddon Time was another big one that um, I think played there. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you? For that Idris Elba and, and Tilda Swinton film, are you talking about 3,000 Years of Longing? Oh, God. Oh, right, yeah. Ign- yeah. Ignore everything I always say. <laughs> Why? <laughs> we'll cut that out. We'll pretend yeah. like that. No, I'm happen. sorry. <laughs> Empire of Light's the Sam Mendes one. That, that's, right. that's what that okay. is. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. You fooled that's me. The, I Colin Firth and Olivia Colman. Damn it. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Good catch. You had me convinced. Um, so Armageddon <laughs> time, I guess. <laughs> that's the one that I have that... Uh, could go further, I guess. What do you guys think? Any other ones that played there that you think could be bigger players? Not that I could tell, but but it's just it's really hard to tell when people go to Cannes because you're only going by what they write, and and um, it's just one of those things like it's just too far away. Their agendas are just too different from the academies. Yeah. But I didn't get the feeling that there was like, for instance, a parasite that came out of there. No. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I I think Triangle of Sadness, which one Palm Door is going to have its fans here for sure, but I don't think this is going to be a broad, broadly embraced film. Sounds fun though. Yeah, I want to see it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it does sound fun. It sure. Sounds like it sounds like what we were just talking <laughs> about, Ryan. Our Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> <laughs> that Arm- that Armageddon time movie, by the way, that's that's the James Gray one that has Anne Hathaway, Anthony Hopkins, Jessica Chastain, right. and Jeremy Strong. So it's pretty good. It's a pretty good cast, and I like James Gray. So we'll we'll see how that does. All right. Mm-hmm. Next question. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Uh, do you think uh, this one's coming from Selma Linda? Do you think movies like Poor Things or White Noise can score uh, above the line Oscars? If they're good enough, sure. Yeah, I, have. I mean, it's 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 hard to say right now. Yeah, it's hard to say now, of course, with all this. But I have both those movies in in my Best Picture ten. So and, yeah, and my from, answer would be definitely yes. Listen, if they can get Marriage Story a Best Picture nomination. They can get White Noise, a Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, we're talking right. about Netflix, right? Isn't isn't that a Netflix yep. movie? So Netflix yeah. plus Noah Baumbach, yeah, that's, that's and Adam be, Driver. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be yeah. really terrible. And then poor, go ahead. Yeah. And poor things is the uh, the Yargos movie. Okay, is that Searchlight? That is. Uh, yeah, searchlight. Yeah, see, a lot of times you just have to go by that. Like, if you know who the yeah. publicity team is, you know it's got a really, really, really good chance. 
And it has Margaret Qualley, Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, Christopher Abbott. Good cast. Yeah, the favorite got in. Olivia Coleman won. Yep. So, yeah, I'd yeah. say both of those have a really, really good chance. Yeah, they're good on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to another one then. Uh, Gabriel T. Acevedo asked, um, we're halfway through the year. Which movies so far have a legit chance to show up at Oscars? We kind of already talked about that. Uh, can Top Gun Maverick be considered an Oscar player in the Best Picture and other important categories, just like Ford v. Ferrari, Mad Max? So we mm-hmm. kind of answered all that already, and I think mm-hmm. we all said possibly, and mostly, you know, for, for Top Gun, it's probably mostly like sound, editing, and song are its probably best chances, but don't count out something like Tom Cruise. He's a big enough star, and you never know. You never know, but the radar. I'm, yeah. my initial thought is that it's not quite up to the level of those two movies that, you, that he mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quality-wise. Clarence, want to do another one? Sure. Our friend Scott Kernan asks, how excited are we for Telluride? Well, mm. very excited. <laughs> Always um, excited. Yeah. Um, he's uh, going to be there. Fun... Scott is going to be there, actually. We're going to see him. Oh, is he? Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mm. Come say hi. Uh, fun, a fun side question. If we had to choose one, what is our all-time favorite Best Picture winner? Oh. Brian. Oh, you're asking me? I, I yeah, can't we'll do that. Yeah, throw that to you first. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, that, that's, I mean, I, you know, the ones that pop into my mind like, and instantly would be uh, Susan Cain and Lawrence of Arabia and Susan The Godfather. Susan Cain didn't win. But, but, I mean, how can oh. he, but already, I mean, I'm like, how can you choose between those three? But how so, green was my valley one? Citizen Kane didn't what? win Best Picture. I didn't win. That's right. Uh, <laughs> right, right. I'm, you know, rewriting history. <laughs> that was my here. first thought too, and I was like, "Wait, <laughs> Wait a second! It didn't we win have Best to rewatch Picture. Mank and find out what happened to Citizen Kane." <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, yeah, never mind. I don't know anything about the Oscars. I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even pay attention. To I don't know the most basic. Well, Ryan, that was my first Oscars. thought too. I was like, "Citizen Kane." Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Wait, but it would be probably between Lawrence of Arabia and The Godfather then. Mm, yeah, those, God, what a tough those one, are, huh? Those are two of my yeah. five favorite films of all time, but Casablanca is my all-time favorite, oh, so, that's, so that's mine. Yeah. I'm still with The Departed only because it was such a fun year that it won. I was yeah. so happy that year. That was fun. Yeah. Nomadland for me. No, <laughs> Shut oh, up. Dakota. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, uh, no, we're really Hello, seriously, again. Clarence. Um, uh, seriously? <laughs> uh, probably The Godfather. Yeah, um, God, although yeah. I, you know, um, it's it's tough because it's it's not sort of, it's so recent that I think people will, will turn their nose up at it. But um, Silence of the Lambs winning Best Picture. I mean, it is... Yeah. One mm-hmm. of the best movies ever made, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just yeah. at a time when things like that didn't necessarily win. Absolutely, mm-hmm. right? And 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 maybe in the same, almost in the same vein, I would say right. I mean, probably my top five would have to be No Country for Old Men. Oh, but me again, too. that's that's yeah, <laughs> great that's, one. Yeah. I caught that the other night and I was just like, it took my breath away again. And I've seen it hundreds yeah. and hundreds and yeah. hundreds of uh-huh. times. And right. yet I had to stop and watch it and just be like, man, look at that. It's like just perfection. It's, it's just it every shot and every moment and every decision that any that everyone involved made with that movie is oh, just just perfection. It is so good. That's the movie I would teach if I was teaching a filmmaking class, is that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Storyboard everything, compose your shots. I could I could write essays about that movie forever. Like it's so good. Right. 
Um, when the, the when they're using the the, the uh, trying to locate the money with the with mm-hmm. the uh, oh yeah going driving by the motel and the thing is dinging and he can see Nicky and he knows he's close but he doesn't know yeah. and he has to back up because he's past it. This is like wow. And the the idea it's, of fate, like he just can't outrun fate. It doesn't like when when Javier Bardem says it doesn't matter where she is. Like he says, you won't be able to find her where she's like, it doesn't matter where she is. Like, it just, I love that. Like, he's right. Like, it doesn't matter because he's going to find her and he's going to kill her. And that's that, you know? Um, uh, Okay. So do we have another question? I think the rest of the questions we all, we already kind of covered looking about Top Gun and, and uh, everything everywhere at once. Yeah. Mm. And Elvis, I think even we mentioned, so. All right. Well, we did pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we 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 did it quickly. Not it wasn't too bad. Wasn't exactly a, one of our best. It wasn't top two or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we're just getting started, right? It's a it's a new season. We're greasing the wheels. I'm looking forward to, to more conversations. Uh, we're leaving here. room for improvement. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> and I'm di- I, I'm disappointed. <laughs> that the, I'm, that, the worst part of tonight was hearing which movies are going to be postponed to next year. But on the other hand, reason to live, right? Something to live for. Yeah, you know, exactly. Always looking live for another year. To live. Same think, here. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I wouldn't want to die in the middle of the night and place. miss out on some of these movies, but nice talking good with night, you. Good night, everybody. Feel better. Bye bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>